Reading Corner today, I'm joined by Polly Dunbar. So Polly is uh, someone who I think of as absolutely synonymous with wonderful illustrator books, whether it's picture books or illustrator poetry for preschool children. I would say that there are three people whose names come to the forefront when I think about illustration for very young children. They are Chris Horton, Petter Horacek, and yourself. But what's really interesting to me is that I think Chris and Petter only draw animals. And when I think about yours, I think about children, because that's principally what you draw. Has it always started from drawing children? Yeah, I hadn't hadn't thought that. I found that I had a love of drawing children when I was at college. I think I was just on my own in a cafe and I had a sketchbook and I remember clearly and I just started sketching the children around me and I just I just loved it. And I, it was so difficult because they moved so much and I never sort of sketched one particular child, just a, a sort of feeling of it. And I just thought, well, oh, this is something that um, I feel like I can do. I feel like I can sort of channel and that was way back. That was, oh gosh, 20 years ago, wasn't it now? So um, yeah, I started then and I've carried on. And it's, um, I, I don't think at that point I knew that I wanted to do picture books. I, I was doing an illustration course um, and my mum is a picture book writer, but I hadn't thought that's, I'll follow in mum's footsteps as an author and an illustrator. I thought, you know, I'll be a painter or something. Um, but yeah, that's how it started. You know, the the dimensions or the proportions of very young children, I think you capture them so wonderfully in the same way that I think I'm I'm linking you up with lots of other people, I realise here. But just as Shirley Hughes was so good at, you know, that age group, I think of you as being, you know, equal uh, to that. Well, Shirley Hughes, yeah, she was, um, they were real, aren't they? Her children are real and her parents and you know, the mums and dads and the elder, all of them. She was magnificent. Um, so I do th- feel I am an observer. I do like to draw animals too. And recently I've done some books with animals as the main character. And that's been a sort of different way of doing it. And it feels to me like they are children putting on a tortoise shell because, you know, you've got to get all the same proportions of movement and feeling, mm-hmm. um, but without the child's... Um, attributes but yeah when I left college I set up a puppet company uh I didn't have children on my own but it was a great way of being around lots of kids performing to them really getting an understanding of what makes them laugh and what makes them doesn't so that's very helpful for writing but also for the drawing and and for the feel of them and now I have my own children and I draw them all the time (laughs) well we're going to come to your illustration for ready for spaghetti. But before we do that, I just want to say one more thing along this theme. Mm. And that is that you talked about your sketchbooks there. Mm. And somehow you managed to maintain that sketchbook feel in the illustrations, because we see children from all different angles, all different kinds of movement, different moods. um, And it just has that obviously more finished than a sketchbook, but it has a sketchbook feel to it. I tried to be as 
as loosey-goosey <laughs> as I possibly could because I felt the poems are so free and exuberant and, and loose. And that was such a joy to have that sort of freedom to maybe not have every finger exactly the same length or, you know, atomically absolutely perfect, which is some, which is what I normally go for. And I means I have to redraw and redraw and redraw. And in that redrawing, you can lose some of the magic. I think I was asked to do this book also at a perfect time because I've done a book called Hello Mum, which has got all my sketches of my children uh, from the early years. And I have been drawing every day these sketches, very loose, very loose, no correction. So in this book, there was absolutely no redrawing or anything, um, no colouring or anything. So I was <laughs> like an athlete. Do you know what I mean? I was fully... Um, trained and fit I had all these children at the end of my pen and I think that really helps I think you know you stop drawing for a few months and you lose that ability to draw without thinking about what you're drawing you have to go for the feeling of the poem rather than what does this child look like if he's doing this and so it was it was joyful because with this book I didn't redraw it I just I just drew it (laughs) of course not every picture went in but I love that analogy, though. You're almost doing it in the subconscious way, like walking downstairs in the dark. You know what to do, even if you can't see the stairs. I guess it's a little bit like that. Absolutely. Yes. So for me, the most important, I always think of drawing as like acting, as to get inside the child or the the feeling of the moment being it, being it dancing or sad. Or, and if you've got all those other things there and you know them as you say walking down the stairs you know where they are you can fully channel whatever that moment you're trying to convey without worrying about the rest mm. and that's when you get the fifth, the loose style because you're um you know what a foot looks like in that direction <laughs> you're not having to look it up on the internet and copy it we should tell our listeners a little bit about this book that we're talking about that we've kind of edged into uh, by talking about drawing children and it's called Ready for Spaghetti. It's a collection of poems by Michael Rosen and the poems have been arranged to follow the pattern of the day from waking to sleeping. They're very playful. It's a lot of language play and sound play because they're poems for very young children, well, for anybody, of course, because I know lots of adults are going to enjoy uh, reading and reciting these poems and memorising them, but with younger children in mind, certainly. And one of the things that I noticed that you had chosen, in a way, not just to illustrate each poem as a separate entity, but you've chosen four children and they are with us through the duration uh, of this collection. So how early on did that come to you as the way that you wanted to approach the project? Right at the beginning, it's um, if we're going from morning to nighttime, you need to see that same child in the morning and that same child going to bed. So that came pretty quick, that idea. But I knew that it had to be multiple children, you know, because it's such an exuberant book and different children doing different things. So I don't know how I came to four. I think I just started sort of sketching and those ones that started to feel real were the ones that ended up in the book. But it's nice because they interact with each other. They're sort of friends with each other. They each have um, 
a particular toy that they have throughout. I don't know whether you've noticed it's one's a penguin. One is a penguin, yes. <laughs> I had to put penguin in. <laughs> um and then they all end up in their in their little beds with their their toy that's been there. So it just gives it a sort of it gives it a narrative, a visual narrative, I guess. One of the loveliest teddy bears I've ever seen in a children's book. You know, he's quite quirky the way that you've drawn him with his wink and his in that poem about the teddy bear. Absolutely love that. Well, that one was a collaboration with my son, that page, actually. He drew <gasps> pictures on the left of the bear. Did he? Well, he's yeah. got a pretty good eye because I love those pictures of the bear. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, those are his. When I first saw the children in the book, I looked at one of them and thought, ah, oh, here's an homage to Raymond Antrobus because I know that you have not long ago done a book, Can Bears Ski with Raymond? And honestly, it looks like a little Raymond Antrobus. Is that deliberate? That's so funny you should say that because, no, it's not deliberate, but maybe it was in a, I think it must have been subconscious. I knew that I wanted to include hearing aids and we've had this conversation before about, you know, sort of incidentally including things like that. So I knew that. And then this hairstyle with the short hair showed them off really nicely. And then all of a sudden there's there's Raymond. So I hope he doesn't mind. <laughs> I think he'll love it. I can only imagine that he would absolutely adore it as an adorable a little boy in this story. We have talked a bit in the past about inclusivity, uh, but there are invisible disabilities and often hearing is one of them. So, you know, it's very subtle um, the hearing aid. I think we don't see it. I think we only see it maybe once or twice in a couple of images in the book. I know it's he's got it on every apart from when he's in the paddling pool because you take them out and in bed. But no, he's all they're all the way through, but very subtle, yes. And you have a girl wearing a young girl wearing glasses as yeah. well. I like the fact that you didn't feel you have because it's always a wheelchair that gets put in and then that stands for everybody that's disabled mm-hmm. so I know it's really important to you yeah I don't I think however small it is even if children don't notice it specifically it will sink in and those who do have hearing aid will notice it and go that's me so it doesn't always have to be the, the main point of the book does it it's just a sort of aside and this child is so full of energy and not held back in any way and just the same as all the other children and it's just yeah it was I was I was glad I was glad to do it and of course it makes picture books so much visually more exciting. (laughs) Illustrating a collection of poems must be different to illustrating a picture book it's not the first collection that you've done because you did here's a little poem does it feel like a different experience to you? Yes in a way uh Firstly, it was very different from Here's a Little Poem, which I did, gosh, 10, 15 years ago now. It was a long time ago. And that was different poets on each page so and different children. So the, the poems had very different flavours and there wasn't that sort of characters running all the way through. And that was a book that I feel like I really sort of cut my teeth on as an illustrator because when you do a picture book, you sort of decide on the characters and the you know, the backgrounds, the colour, the tonal values of it all, and then you do that throughout. Whereas with Here's a Little Poem, I was kind of reinventing that on every page. You know, I wanted a new flavour, a new background, new children. So it was a way of really, really experimenting with different ways of expressing it. Whereas this one, 
I had the children, I had the main character and the sort of style of it. There's more of a lightness to it, maybe, in terms of approaching it. That might be because the way that um, Michael Rosen writes is so sort of free and light and airy. But I don't know, there's often picture books are like a puzzle that you're sort of wrangling with, (laughs) with pacing and all that stuff. And I didn't have to wrangle with the pacing. There was a big stack of poems that you would you would no one will know about which were sent to me the whole lot and we cut it and we cut it down and to these ones so much material that we had to squash into this book without making it feel squashed so yeah different a different way I guess of putting it together I wonder if we could have a look at some of the poems and uh, the way that you've illustrated and talk about them let's start with one that you choose to talk to us about I, I've chosen one that I think for me is sort of epitomises the joy in the book. It's called Hip Hap Happy and it's just two children dancing. I've picked this one because it's, I think it's the most free. And while I was drawing this, I was just channeling that. And I think in that picture, I have done it most successfully <laughs> if I do say so myself <laughs> uh, it's it's delightful they're such graceful children uh, just to give a flavor of Michael's words it's give me a hip give me a hap give me a hip hap happy give me a tip give me a tap give me a tip tap tappy and it, it follows that sort of pattern one of the things that I noticed is it's not that there's no background in your illustration, but it's it's quite often quite minimal with the children taking centre stage. But equally, it's not just plain white background. And I noticed against a lot of the figures that you just have a what I think is probably a wash behind that gives that shadow. There are some pages that have a little bit more colour to them, but I feel like if you get the drawing right and you've got that energy, that's all you need. You don't need setting and that's what I want to pop out so a nice clean white background or a little bit of color for me is perfect and then that energy isn't lost so if you had those against you know a room Mm. your eye would be all over the place um and yeah I don't think you'd be just looking at that just the line work telling you the story but I'll also say about this picture is I think doing a book is like a time time capsule for me of my life at that time and um this book was off, I think we were, well, there was one lockdown, so I had the kids at home and it was winter and it was quite miserable. And suddenly then they were allowed to go to nursery and my youngest went back to nursery. And just the joy of seeing the children playing together after so long. I wanted to capture that. I've dedicated the book to my son's nursery, actually, because just I felt so sort of moved, you know, just a pickup, seeing all the children so delighted to be with each other. And that's, you know, that's how they should be. They need to be with one another. And I think for me, this book will always remind me of that time of suddenly we were Mm -hmm. back out in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. I was lucky because my youngest son was three at the time. And so I was able to kind of roll my real life into the book, <laughs> you know, that time in, in my life when he's, you know, it's so fleeting. I, I mean, I've done books for children of that age all the time, but for me, this one was a real, you know, like grabbing the book and capturing that moment. That's lovely. <laughs> I'm going to pick up on a poem called Itch, 
And I was just interested here in how you conveyed the itchiness uh, because you could just have the boy, your son, have his character uh, doing the physical action, but you've included so much more to give a real sense of itchiness on the page. <laughs> yes, how do you draw an itch? That's a that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Actually, I think at first I got my son, I said to him, can you draw what a little itchy creature? And I did put that on, but it was a little bit too... Uh, it was a little bit too peculiar, a bit like a crazy bug, I guess. Um, so I've just little, lots of dotty lines to show it's travelling around and then little scrib- scribbly kind of um, scribbly mark making, I guess, to get, have that feeling of tingly itchiness um, just with pencil crayon. Again, also lots and lots of movement because children don't sit still and just itch one place, do they? There's a whole body gets involved you know Mm. I love that way they sort of bend down and look between their legs and all that stuff so yeah also as well as the movement that you've described you could have used a plain pencil or a single color pencil but the the use of different colors not only is it uplifting but it gives a sense of the different qualities of an itch that you can (laughs) have Uh, I just really love this page Thank you. And also the way I've applied the colour with um, watercolour, I normally sort of, you know, colour in a little bit better right up to the lines and all that stuff. And I've just sort of sloshed the paint on using a lot of movement on my hand, you know. It's almost like, I don't know, I think it would be fun to do with children who read this book. Like, let's all make marks. Let's make marks like the rain. Let's make marks like spaghetti. You know, it's a, use your body to make the marks and um, get the whole feeling of it. There's, a, you know, splash the paint, get the water. And the energy that you use to make a picture will be in that picture. Mm. And also, to go back to my children, I think their attitude towards drawing has been very inspiring as well because that's how they they are. They don't figure it all out first and do a rough and you know all those things that you tend to do as a professional illustrator <laughs> you know I sort of sit there thinking gosh that that drawing has got so much more aliveness than mine and you lose that and I just try and think how they would think mm-hmm. about drawing you know I think you have to go through all the years of careful careful observation mm-hmm. and all that stuff in order to, to do that um in order to be able to draw like a child again, but they have the magic. They have mm-hmm. the creative magic. They are born with us, particularly at the age of the children reading this book, I think. Yeah, it's interesting because childlike drawing is often used in advertising things that are for children, you know, stick people or, you know, the, the stereotypical sun and the house. Um, you can imagine what that looks like and yet it's always you can always tell when it has not been done by a child it's just a stereotype of what people think children draw like yeah and it's just too finished it doesn't have magic yeah it's like oh I'll just do it with my left hand and it will be like a child it doesn't have the absurdity that children do they just they just give you know three extra pairs of ears for for the joy of it and and the unexpectedness that the children have and I think it's a shame because as we get older we we're like oh no my this the boots shouldn't be that big and his ears should be smaller and his head should be and you start to kind of 
be self-conscious about what is good and what is bad and then you you know it's a process mm. not entirely bad but um that unself-conscious freedom of art I think it's very hard to, mm. to do. there are some adults in the book and if we skip to the last illustration I think second to the last illustration we get the parents of the children coming in I love this poem, actually, uh, by Michael, because it reminded me of taking time out in the night garden to look at the stars with my own son, which is something that I used to really enjoy doing. But you brought some adults in here. Yes, it's um, I guess it's that sort of nearly bedtime. It just gives a bit of comforting and a, a bit of sort of closure. I guess, that they won't, you know, they all have their own lives and they're all in their own house. I've put them all their beds together in a room, but not in a room, but they're all, you can see them all asleep. But it's kind of, yeah, they're going back to their safe place, I guess, at the end of the book after Mm -hmm. sort of freewheeling all day. I must say one thing uh, which was interesting about the process of making the book is that as I sent work to Walker, they would send it to Michael and then Michael would sort of tinker with the poems and then they'd come back and they would be slightly altered. So the, the poems were an ever-moving thing as well, which was which was nice. It was, you know, I t- I reread, oh, that's worth changing. He was he's so sort of responsive. I love that generosity because it is a generosity, isn't it, in the writer and the illustrator. And that's certainly what comes through to me in the final book which should certainly be a staple, I think, in nurseries and early years classrooms, as well as for parents and children's bookshelves. And not only would I hope that they'll be reading these, but memorising them and playing them as well. There's so many poems in here that I would just want to be acting out, playing out with the children. Yeah, that's a lovely way of of putting it. It's um. Michael said something wonderful actually the other day on this this conversation. He said, "It's not a book; it's a party." Yes. <laughs> and I thought that's just it. That's well, that's just how it is. He's been playful with the words, and I think children will be playful with the book and inventive, playful and inventive. Yeah. Polly, thank you for giving us such a wonderful visual party in this book. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been lovely. In the Reading Corner is presented by Nikki Gamble and produced by Alison Hughes. This episode is generously sponsored by Walker Books. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. If you would like to find out about other events and courses, visit justimagine.co.uk. Join us again in the Reading Corner on your favourite podcast platform.